Boom. And Budo. This is Rebootable Recall Perspective coming to you all live from the Trinidad Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. And live talk show on Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio, where we approach the New Testament via the lens of the ancient Hebrew perspective of the scriptures. Verified, of course, by our pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zinkiki International Institute of Pneumatology. I'm your host, Daniel Fuego, the Christ Pneumatologist. And co-hosting with me, of course, is the lovely... I am Lady Katsura, your Christ Mentor. Welcome. We are absolutely delighted to be here with you all so that we can share and discuss with you all some of the rediscovered truths that are found in your Bible, that very Bible that you have in your hands and on your phones and devices. This episode and this podcast is for you if you are very serious about walking in Christ. Here we will share with you and take you to another level with your God experience. In our previous episodes, we spoke about what is the word We went into the book of John chapter 1. And so we know that the word is God's thought about himself breathed into flesh. So today's episode, we're going to have a look at what really happened in the garden after God's word was made flesh as a man. So Zane, can you share with our listeners? Now, we we went back into the Genesis narrative in our previous episode, but let's, let's expound on that a bit more. Can you share with our listeners what really happened? I'm really curious to know. In the garden. Yeah, in um, particularly in um in, in this in, in this context and in the in this narrative in particular, we have actually had a lot of perspectives in our westernized culture considering what took place in the Garden of Eden. Right? And for, for and for many, I mean not to actually try to identify the difference between not to try to identify the difference between um, the different views that we have here in the westernized culture concerning what took place in the Garden of Eden. But it, the general idea is for many is that after God created man, after God um, breathed, he thought about himself, which is what we, we, we identified in, in, in one of the previous episodes as God's thought about himself breathed into the dust and the wood was made flesh. And we related that to Jesus, who is actually the word made flesh. Again, here we actually, here, when you look at that in particular, and you look at the fact that, well, Adam actually just disobeyed God, which is true, but it's actually not, it doesn't, it doesn't give context as to what that was exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it was not just merely eating from a tree. That right. actually caused the problem, because um, eating from a, which is usually the common Western uh, Westernized thought that he ate from the tree, and it and it's commonly also mentioned that he, he ate from the apple of the tree, but there is no apple in the narrative. Yeah, right, right. Um, 
and so it's it's the, the common idea is that he ate from this tree and this was disobedience to god and man fell was put out of the garden and the civilization of man um continued in the way it continued until the promise of the messiah arrived mm-hmm. now although although this is true it's actually not giving much credence number one as well as context to what really took place and why the messiah is so necessary right which in most cases for persons who actually believe in jesus christ um one of the things that i have actually realized over the course of 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 the 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 research and the dedication that was actually put into comprehending the text in its cultural context uh, particularly and and i'm speaking about this with focusing on what was the problem um we know that we say it was sin but what is that exactly and yeah. it's and when we actually did the research on this what we realized was that there was yes the concept is present but not a genuine understanding of the context of this and for most westernized believers they know who christ is as in they know that jesus is the messiah right um but if you ask them what is christ that might be a different that that might be a different question yes and may may require some thinking (laughs) it definitely does what is christ (laughs) yeah and so if you to understand what exactly is christ here what exactly is the messiah here then obviously we need to go back to where this entire um thing started and what resulted from what took place in the garden and so to answer the question that i just asked what we do see in particular is that when adam made his decision sorry when adam was when when when, when man was created we know that at some point in time, and I'm not going to go into the nuances between the creation or when he was created to what took place in, in, the, in the third chapter of Genesis. But what we do, what we do see that at some point in time, there was a conversation between the serpent and the female Adam, right? And um, what really took what 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 the question is? Well, there was a conversation, and the woman was deceived, but but rather. The question that we should ask ourselves is what exactly was the deception yes right and we again the common westernized thought on this aspect here is which again is not untrue but again not specific and so the deception is that the serpent actually um the serpent actually deceived the woman by actually probably adding to what god said or didn't communicate what God said, or or, or, or tricked her into believing that God didn't say that. But in the context of the narrative, and in the cultural context of the narrative, and ancient Israelite context, context of the narrative, that is actually a very broad way of looking at it. Yeah, there's no specificity with it. Right. And if we actually have to give some specificity to this, then what you're actually seeing there is that when the, when the serpent asked Eve that question, the question that was asked of you here was actually a question of validation. A question of validating what God said. A question of validating something even further. The mere fact that what 
that man was God's thought about himself breathed into flesh. It is understood in the scriptural panorama that man, um, God's, God's word to man was God's thoughts to man. And if it is God's thoughts about himself breathed into man, then every thought that man would have in the image and likeness of God would be God's thought. Yeah? Okay. Therefore, validation here in particular was not just specific to what God said as a third person, but really, if what I just said there is in fact true, that God's God God's thought about himself became native in man and therefore every thought any man would have an image and likeness of God would be God's word or God's God's thought with uh, God's thoughts and therefore God's word unto him. Then it goes deeper than that than just disobeying an instruction. It is actually the serpent tricking the female Adam to not validate to, um, to validate herself. To validate and to validate her nature and to validate what God breathed into her. Okay. I was just about to ask, when you say it validates herself, like what does that really look like? Yeah, no, well actually if you look at Jesus, he's an excellent example because Jesus in particular faced the same validation with I the see. question, if you really are the son of God, do this. Means approve. Actually, so the conversation, the conversation with the, with, between the tempter and Jesus was the same conversation of validation. Mm-hmm. Approve, uh, um, approval. And what kind of approval? Really, for, for, for in, in well, what is made clear in Jesus' reflection of, of um, overcoming what the first Adam did not overcome was the overcoming of validation by external factors. Right. The beginning. So, so if you if you are the son of God, turn the stone into bread. That's an external factor. If you are the son of God, bow down and give you the riches of the world. Paraphrasing, of course. That's uh-huh. an external that's an external factor. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down and angel catch you. That's actually using which 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 which, 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 which is what I'm coming to here with regards to the Adam using your 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 the five senses of your flesh, which is made of dust, as the tool of discernment. Gotcha. Right, which is by the way what the apostle call what the apostle Paul referred to as flesh. So the the trick in the garden in particular was really validation and not validation of God's word as something coming from an from an from an external factor. But if God's thought about himself was breathed into dust and the man was actually God made flesh, then what God's thought of himself was would, would have, would, was the nature of the man, was the nature of the Adam, and therefore the thought that he would have would be God's word on him because it is coming from God's nature. So the, 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 the trick in the garden was just not disobeying an instruction, but really validating. So the trick was allowing the serpent something external of herself to validate her very existence and her very nature. Right. right. That is actually what came to light in our research. Now, when that happened, um, that the moment that happened, the Adam, or in this case, the female Adam, switched mm-hmm. her God. Now, the word God in the, in the, in the Genesis narrative is in reference 
to what we know in our westernized culture as authority right elohim means a power it also means authority which means the moment that she actually allowed the serpent to validate her 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 her, her and to, to, to validate her thought her very existence she changed allegiance or she changed her authority the authority was no longer god in her the authority was the serpent right and in this the context of the narrative sense. go ahead no i think this makes sense go ahead sorry right, so in the context of the narrative um she was then whatever in 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 the in the bible context what whoever your authority is you are filling yourself with their spirit so the moment she listened to the serpent and allowed the serpent to validate her he became the authority and therefore she became filled with his spirit she took that to the to the male adam the decision is made and what really took place is that the man now actually again started to use something external of himself for Trump to validate his existence so what? i have a question before you go on uh-huh so he's saying that the man was made was pretty much god's thoughts about himself right breathe into the flesh right and the woman herself was the same thing yeah. she pretty much allowed the serpent to deceive her and so you mentioned just now that whatever you make your authority you're filling your spirit with that are you saying then that in that case she filled herself with the, the serpent's thoughts instead of god's thoughts about herself yes about himself in her sorry that is exactly what i'm saying okay gotcha. to, to, to fill yourself with someone's spirit is actually fill yourself with their thoughts and to be now an expression of their thoughts right because she acted upon it she acted upon it and, and so she, she took it to the male adam mm-hmm. and when and and he and he now and they now decided well they would eat from the tree now notice and i just want to actually just slightly backtrack or mention this here so that there's some context to this okay the problem here was that when god created the man god created him in his image and likeness and the name or the title that is actually used in the bible um, as I explained in, in the previous episode, titles in the Bible indicate function. It, it indicates essence. It also indicates your function. And so when God was actually, when, when God breathed his breath, his breath of life into dust and a man became, and, and man became a living organism, his function was according to the title, Yahweh Elohim, meaning the self-existent and eternal authority or the self-existent and eternal power. Right. Which means that the man was created to function self-existently. And to function self-existently was simply to live on by the inspiration of what has been breathed into you. What God said is your nature, is, is in your breath, and you actually can manifest it. Instead, the trick here was validation, changing the authority of what is validating you. Also, self-existent in this case would be being validated by by what has been breathed into you which is what the new testament context of the holy spirit in your heart is and in in, in second second corinthians chapter 1 verses 22 why paul said that the holy spirit has been given to you in your heart that is certifying you right right it's actually your validation so it's in the same manner that we are just using um and please correct me if i'm wrong here 
I'm just using a modern day example for us because we right. usually associate certification with like universities, colleges, and so on to right. perform a particular function. That, that's an awesome reference because the same certification that that certificate gives you, the same validation to function in society that that certificate mm -hmm. gives you, is the same certification validation that the Holy Spirit is to you in, your, in, in the divine context. Wow, that is so in, huge. In Christ. So, right? yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when he actually made that decision, the problem was that he moved from self-existent validation to actually external validation. So he ate of the tree, and in that moment, he began to function codependently. <laughs> so, so would you say he decided that by doing that, he is basically saying that the certification that he has is not sufficient? That is exactly what he's saying. It is also an abandonment of God in him and actually using the tree as the condition for wisdom. Hmm. So he actually sought wisdom outside of himself, uh, basically saying, to be wise, I need to eat this fruit. Wow. Where, where, whereas he was created wisdom because of what God breathed into him. His very breath contained everything that was needed. So what really took place in the garden was that Man changed his, his, his function from self-existent function, which is living from his breath, inspired by what has been breathing to him. And he began to live, he abandoned his, his breath and began to use his flesh, the senses of his flesh, to determine what is functional and dysfunctional. Okay. Right, And so by, use, by the use of his eyes, what he can see, what he can touch, what he can hear, he actually used that fruit and used that for validation, which was a corruption of his nature because he was not designed to function like that. Now, if, that is exactly... Go ahead. I'm going to ask another question here. If we were to use that, um, just to give more clarity, would you say that is equivalent to a lion who is has a particular nature, right? I mean, using the animal kingdom, I think... I'm, I'm an animal fan, so <laughs> would you say using like the animal, the lion? Lion is designed to function a particular way. That's his nature. Him abandoning that and deciding to use a hyena to determine his capabilities as his reference point, basically, is similar to what Adam did in the garden, right? I would actually, yes, and I'd actually come and actually use. Someone, a more specific example. What sure. the Adam did, in the, what, what the Adam did in the garden, mm -hmm. was the same thing as actually saying, if I eat that fruit, mm -hmm. I can roar. Hmm. Think but about it's already that. in his nature to roar. It is already in his nature to roar. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he said, if I eat that fruit, I'll be able to roar. Right. Right. Wow. Right. Uh, in in that case, or if I eat that fruit, I'll have strength. But he's already he's already been made power. Gotcha. So, in, in other words, is actually using an external point of comparison to function. Yeah. And, and in using the external point of comparison, or using the external factor in this case, he actually, using the external point of comparison, began to compare himself to whatever he's using for validation in this case. And hence the reason why he began to dress himself like a tree. I see. And then hid among trees. 
as I mentioned before, the same is equivalent to living, um, finding this tribe. Yeah, yeah, you said that. Right now, when that took place in the garden, as I mentioned, he switched from self-existent identity to identity codependency, whereas the identity should come from what God has breathed into him. He used the tree to determine his identity, and that right there is the entire human condition. So when you read all the scriptures until the Messiah, the Messiah who the Messiah who is the breath of life breathed back into dust again, in in purity. All through the scriptures, what you're seeing is various forms of identity codependency, okay. which, by the way, is what is called sin in the Bible. I think Fun- functioning from the identity that of using of using external things for self-validation, self-approval, and self-benefit. Wow! So now, that's it, basically what Adam did. Yeah, it, it was it actually became even more evident in the scriptures where the law that was given to Moses was actually called the law of Yahweh, the law of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we know that. We call it the law of the Lord. What most people are actually not aware of is that the, the law of Yahweh, the word law is the translation of the Hebrew word Torah, which means precept or principle. And the word Yahweh is the translation of the self-existent and the eternal. Which means when you say the law of the Lord, what you're really saying is the Torah of Yahweh, which is the principle of the self-existent. Which means that the law of the Lord unto the nation of Israel was actually an expression of the original function of man in the garden that God was holding them responsible to because they were in dysfunction. Right. Which would make the Bible make more sense because there's a theme. Uh, based on what yes. you're saying here, right? And yes. so the man abandoned his function, which is his nature as his breath, and he chose external points of comparison to determine his function. And so right. it makes more sense now why the law, as you just highlighted, is the Torah, which is the self principle of the self-existence, it goes back to the Genesis. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It's all, it's all, it's all actually following, following the Genesis narrative. And you hear all of the prophets well, mm-hmm. not all of them, but you hear in the prophets, they're always referring to finding finding the, the atmosphere of Eden again. Yeah. And even the, the tabernacle and the temple, they were actually mobile versions of the Garden of Eden. Again. Okay. And the, the priest in particular in the temple were a representation of the pre-fallen Adam. That's why they identify themselves by saying, I am Yahweh. Right. Or thus says Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> this would make sense. It's not a bunch of random stuff just put together in a book. <laughs> it's definitely it's, not. Right, right. Yeah, and so when we say that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, what we say is Jesus is the fulfillment of the self-existent. And likewise, when we say that Christ is in you, now through what Christ did, as, I, as we covered in the, in, in the previous in our previous episode, Christ on the cross was Christ nailing the identity a perfect breath of life, incorrupted, uh, incorrupted, uncorrupted breath of life that sacrificed himself by nailing the identity of the codependent mindset or the, co- or the, or the codependent spirit, the, the, this, the, um, the dysfunction, the identity that a man took from the tree. Christ nailed that back to the tree, resurrected and breathed the bre- and through, through Christ Yeshua, breathed the breath of life into all again. 
Right, right. So, so, so basically, Christ in you is really the self-existent breath of life in you, which is why you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the name of the Lord Jesus, because believing in your heart is your first act of self-existence again amidst your life of constantly using external things for personal validation mm, all does right. that make sense yeah it does it puts into perspective um christ in you concrete what that looks like right. not something just abstract but something that we can experience it would only make sense that we can experience it right yes indeed indeed right this is this is this is unfolding rather well so basically you have identified what self-existence is through the garden narrative what it looks like with the adam well the adam meaning the male and the female functioning in self-existence right. and what the codependency in the garden took what it looked like where it came from yeah where it came from okay so what we're going to do here then is pause for a, a short break and when we come back we're going to give elaborate as a matter of what you discuss so that we can give some context as to how that would apply to us in our lives okay This is Reboot Your Biblical Perspective talk show on Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio, where we approach the New Testament via the lens of the ancient Hebrew perspective of the scriptures, verified by our pragmatic and experimental research on the Zain Keketura International Institute of Pneumatology. Be sure to follow this talk show as well as many other dynamic talk shows on Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio at www dot kingdom purpose tv dot com forward slash kingdom dash purpose dash radio you can also find content by zane and katura on youtube zki international institute of pneumatology be sure to subscribe and hit the bell or follow us and subscribe at www dot international institute of pneumatology dot com you can also find their books on Amazon.com. Search for author R.C. Pierre and check out The Alchemy of the Sons of God and You Are Elohim, among others. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. So Zane, in the first half, you carried us on a little trip back to the garden narrative and Good. showed us what really happened when after the fall, or as a matter of fact, what really was the fall about. Um, yeah. Elaborated on, you know, the context of sin as it relates to the garden narrative. Now, I think to make this picture a bit clearer, we, I would like to hear from you as a matter of fact, we have, as you said, the breath of, of Christ or the breath of life, the self-existent breath, as you identify, has been, we are all, we all have that breath, right? So yeah, what really yeah. is the difference between self-existence and identity codependency in our lives and 
using the scriptures, of course, as our reference point in the God narrative. Well, unnecessary question, right? Yeah. Because we're looking, we're looking at the fact that Christ in you, what is Christ is really the breath of life and the person that is the breath of life in you again. This is why Christ is referred to as the savior of the body. He is the breath of the body in the context of the Genesis narrative or the spirit of the body. <clears throat> now, um, breath and spirit, yeah? Yeah. Now, in, in, in uh, particularly when you could actually underst to understand what self-existence is, there are a few um, there are a few verses in the book of Job in particular that are actually and I've constantly used them in Job you have them all through the, all through the Old Testament there is a, a parallelism between spirit and breath so when you say breath of life in Job there is a parallelism of, with breath of life with the spirit of life you, know, you find these parallelisms in the prophets, Job, the Psalms and so on you even see the parallelism in Genesis, right? In not or not not in the Genesis narrative, but the, or the garden narrative, I should say, but all through the rest of the book of Genesis. Um, so self-existence. What self-existence is? Now you heard me say before that self-existence is simply living from the breath or mm -hmm. from the spirit. What exact? What is that exactly? Yes. What is that? No. No. The breath of life or the spirit the breath of life which is paralleled by job in the book of job there's a, there are many parallels of the breath and the spirit and job refers to the breath that was breathed into man as the breath of the almighty now in our english translation it says the breath of the almighty and in the of course in the original text of the of that verse it actually says the breath of El Shaddai. Okay. Now, you may be surprised that the word El Shaddai actually means the all-sufficient one. Hmm, one. So what does that mean? <laughs> the word all-sufficient means the one who gives life, the one who pours out blessings, the one who nurtures. Right? Now, the all-sufficient one meaning that he's, just as the word says, all-sufficient. He does not need anything external of himself. <laughs> right? Now, that means that the breath of life that Job is referring to as the breath of the of breath of El Shaddai means that your breath or your spirit is the is the all sufficient spirit. So you're now, saying just now this is this is huge. So you're saying that we have Christ in us, which means that we have the breath of life in us, right. which is the all sufficient one, which means yes. El Shaddai. Yes. I'm following. I'm following correctly, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, this is getting good. Go ahead. <laughs> so that is the breath of the all-sufficient. Christ is the breath of the all-sufficient one in you. And therefore, self-existence is to live from your all-sufficiency by the by the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. He's the all-sufficient spirit. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? To live from your to, to live from the breath is to live by everything that God has breathed into you, which is God's thought about Himself, which is Christ. This is basically Christ. He is the visible representation of the invisible God that's breathed into you by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and live from that all sufficiency is to live from the perspective of a creator. 
Okay, so um, just to track back a moment, because this is this is a very exciting topic. Going back to the Genesis, because you identify that a lot of our walk in Christ has a lot to do with the Genesis narrative. Good. If we have the breath of Christ, and Christ is pretty is the all sufficient, and you just link that with the Creator, then you're mm -hmm. saying that the Adam in the garden had the same self-existent breath. Yes. The all-sufficient breath before yeah, the fall, of course. Right, and that is exactly what the fall was, where instead of actually functioning from God in Him, He's uh -huh. actually using external things. And this is where the desire for the self-validation by money came from, by wealth, possessions, women, um, and other and, and and many other different factors, fame social status right all of these things actually are codependent or external factors um that you're actually using to determine your identity to determine who you are what your potential is and what your limitations are and by the way that is only because that there is identity codependency that the uh, the concept of limitations is in the list of the vocabulary here. Yeah. The concept of limitations is present. So, so getting back to what I'm saying here with regards to self-existence, to live from, to live from, to live self-existence is to live from the realities of what has been breathed into you, which is everything that God said, and that is everything that God says about Himself, God's thought about Himself. Um, which, which Joe also mentions is the breath of the all-sufficient one. So to live from Christ is to live from the all-sufficiency of Christ, which is to live from the, from the perspective of a creator. Okay. It also means that you live from the perspective of government. The governmentality is what we call it at the Institute. What does that look like? It means that whatever is perceived or wherever there's a necessity, instead of actually the condition that I need this, to be able to fill this necessity, you create. So which is what Jesus, Sorry, go which ahead. Is what, which is what Jesus in particular is demonstrating through his ministry, where there's a need for food for the 5,000. He creates. Ah, <laughs> the, creator mindset. <laughs> the creator mindset. That is actually what why in John chapter in, in John chapter 6, if I'm not mistaken, he mm. said that he asked Philip the question, testing him. Right? The context of what was taking place there in particular was an allusion to the willingness. If you notice the, the trend of the chapter, which I'm not going get, to get in there to get into now, mm -hmm. but there was an allusion to the willingness and, a, and he asked Philip, testing him, testing him in the same context of the testing and the willingness. Were the people actually going to depend on what God said or were they actually going to be using their five senses to, the, to, to discern what is functional from what is dysfunctional. Gotcha. And Philip began to look, Philip and the disciples, they began to look at the money and, and the fish, which means they use their, their senses, the their senses of their of the body, which is from the dust, as their tool of discernment, as a mechanism of discernment, instead of actually using what God's word is, which is now the breath. Now the Holy Spirit was upon them, which means just like Jesus, they could have demonstrated that. And that is why Jesus sent them out. So Jesus demonstrated this by actually creating. 
So basically, um, in, in this context, to live self-existently is to understand what, what has been breathed into you. And you have a, a whole by scripture of promises that is actually spoken from the name of Yahweh, which we know if that is the same breath that Christ is, Yahweh Elohim, mm-hmm. in flesh, then every scripture there, every promise there is actually what is part of it, which is actually your nature. It is what has been breathed into you and all you need to do is to live inspired by what has been breathed into you and not lose external factors as conditions. Right, don't do that. Let me just say here, identity codependency on the the other hand is actually using your five senses, your, 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 your body as a tool of discernment to identify what is functional and dysfunctional. Which is where you have everything that Jesus addressed, like money, possessions, fame, social status, your spouse, your family, and so on and so on and so on. These are conditions that you actually put and you make them your authority instead of what has been breathed into you, the Holy yeah. Spirit. All right, this, this is making sense. We're laying it out. Yeah, does that make sense? It does, it does. I was actually about to ask something that you answered. If if pretty much living from your breath and your nature and your function is self-existence and using the illustrations that you use with Jesus and the disciples when they had that discussion about the money and the multiplication of food, where, you know, how are these people going to eat? You know, what, what are we going to feed them? And he said that to Philip. Then I was about to ask then, um, what is the opposite of that? And you identified right, right, right. it as identity codependency. Yeah, and and this is actually the self-existence in particular is not only in daily life but also in the in the in the in the context of supernatural function. What All do you mean by that? <laughs> now there are many people who actually want to want to actually see healing, um, see the gifts of the spirit manifest in their lives, mm-hmm. as well as um, see things like resurrection and so on these all of these all of these gifts and all of these um miracles signs and wonders and miracles they do not flow nor are they generated from the use of the flesh as the tool of discernment they are generated from what has been from the breath which is where the spirit which is where the holy spirit is yeah in your skin in, in your heart, in your spirit. Yeah. Which means to see healing requires, this is a requirement, it requires that you're inspired by the power of life in you and not be moved by the discernment of the five senses. That's a simple, that's one of the simpler ways that I can put it. <laughs> <laughs> so to see healing, and this is something that you have tested, right? Yes, we have actually been testing this for us about five to six years. Well, five years, basically. Where, well, five, five years in particular, where we identified in the research what the Bible, the context of the script is in this context, mm-hmm. and how to and how to actually function in 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 the manifestation of healing miracles and so on. It simply, and I just want to say that again, it simply requires an abandonment. Of the five, or the use of the five senses, 
for as a tool of discernment and functioning on, on the inspiration of what has been breathed into you as your nature. Right. This simply requires, which is what Paul is referring to with regards to renewing your mind. Yeah, what Paul is actually calling renewing your mind is simply changing your logic from codependent logic to self-existent logic. The codependent logic is the logic that uses the body, which is what is dust, as the discernment, as the tool of discernment, while the self-existent logic uses the breath and what has been breathed into the breath, what is charged in the breath, as a tool of discernment. Gotcha. So you're saying all the gifts of the Spirit, even prophecy, um, for example, flows from this logic of self-existence. Yes, ma'am. Right. This is so but, good. Uh, what, that, what, that, and that, what that simply requires in this case is that the believer changes his frame of reference. Mm -hmm. The reference must not, must not be what is discerned by the five senses, but what has been breathed in to you, what, what is actually contained in the breath, the nature of the breath, the power of the breath. You so, know, I sorry, huh? Go ahead. I can't help but think that as you're explaining this, that society as at large has been pretty much um, functioning from identity codependency, where we, because being, I, I'm, I'm going to say this as with respect to the pandemic especially where based on what you're sharing and based on what i'm you know my mind is pondering on this that the identity codependency as as you call it is being shown manifested by um people feeling incompetent and so on and depressed mm -hmm. yeah. and what you're identifying is that because we have been thinking that we need these things for survival and for existence we have now pretty much attributed that to our nature yes we have actually seen it as that is life and that by the yeah. way was the the decision made in the garden of eden mm -hmm. right the 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 decision that adam was faced in the garden was simply are you going to make a civilization based on breath or are you going to make a civilization based on the discernment of what is functional and dysfunctional from the dust? Right. So and you see we, now... And what we see, hold on, what, what we see there is when he made his decision, he made a decision to build a civilization that was based on using the dust as his tool of discernment for what is functional and dysfunctional. And that is what you see from, from, from that right down the road in humanity. What we see with Jesus is that when to Jesus did, Jesus then fulfilled the original mandate or the, the original intention by building a civilization based on the breath, which is what you see in Revelation 21 and 22 with the New Jerusalem. The expansion exactly. of the Garden of Eden into the city of Elohim. It was once the Garden of Elohim, now it's the city of Elohim with the, with um well, yeah, an expansion of the city of, 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 of Elohim with the tree of life and everything still there present. It's just an ex it is a, it is a civilization based on spirit, the breath, and not 
using a you're not using a body as the tool of discernment for what is functional and dysfunctional. Gotcha. So even with Christ in us now, because we have been thinking that we need um, people to survive, we need social interaction, we need money, we need jobs, and I'm not saying that they don't have a context, but based on what you're saying here, I'm gathering that those things are not meant to be depending on, we are not supposed to place our dependence on it. No. for society and when when we have people say you know all we need is god basically what you are seeing is putting that into context all we need is self-existent breath that and is we have it already. that was actually what was the validation god's breath <laughs> <laughs> you see if we oh. understood the function of our breath as you laid it out here i think the world will be such a different place there will be no need um there'll be there'll be less people dying Unless people, you know, committing suicide and going into massive depression and so on and so well, forth. Well, this is the good news. The good <laughs> news is that the breath of life is once in you, is in you again. There is no longer any corruption of spirit. Mm -hmm. No longer corruption of breath. There's no longer any nature that you can't control it. Jesus nailed it to the cross, and He's now the savior of the body. He's now the new breath of the body, which is the new man. Gotcha. So we are the all-sufficient um, with him. The breath that we have is all-sufficient. As he is, so are we in this world, right? Right. So you right. mentioned so, something that, that mm -hmm. just, a, just a few moments ago, that the Adam was meant to make a civilization, a multiplication, basically, of the breath. Would you say that? Yes. And instead, he chose to abandon his breath, which is his function, his nature, which is right. God's thought about himself, Right. Breathe into him and shows identity codependency and then multiplied that. Which is why, um, which brings me to the question. I, I hope this does not stare off the path that you're, that you're um, keeping on here. Which, which is why Jesus had to come and restore the breath. Yes. Okay. Because, gotcha. it, because the breath came from Father. Mm -hmm. It came from God. And so the only person that can actually rectify that is God. Right. Right. We are actually God's sons here, as in multiplications of him. So mm -hmm. the only person that could correct it would be Father. Father and that is what, <laughs> and that is what Father breathed himself into dust again. And that's why Paul says that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. This, the Bible makes more sense now. <laughs> Please, go on. <laughs> Continue, don't stop. <laughs> yeah. So all, all this requires basically into in with regards to mind renewal is that you change your frame of reference, which is what which is what I was referring to. Mm -hmm. yeah, changing that frame of reference is simply now redefining what you are, who you are, and and expressing that in a new mental framework. A new mental framework that actually causes you a new mental framework that assists you to engage life now through the, redefi through the redefinition of what you are and how you function. Engaging life, engaging supernatural, the supernatural, engaging healing for yourself and for others, engaging the gifts, uh, functioning the gifts of the spirit, engaging in, in, sorry, engaging life in general from the frame of reference of using the breath 
as the as the as the tool or as the as the frame of reference to determine what is functional and what is dysfunctional and an abandonment of using the five senses of the body to determine what is functional and dysfunctional it is because of this that in the in in the in the in the, in the torah in deuteronomy chapter 28 it actually says under the curses one of the curses in deuteronomy 28 is that you will be driven mad by the things that you see as we see meaning that you will be you'll be driven mad you'll be driven crazy by using the, the the dust as the tool your body as the tool the five senses of the dust as a tool of discernment to determine what is functional and dysfunctional it's also right why why it's also why most persons actually are struggling because even in the in the context of world issues people are driven mad by the things that they see by the, by the, by using the dust as a tool of discernment for what is functional and dysfunctional for what is true and what is not true we were created yeah. as sons of god as is mentioned in psalm 82 we were created as sons of god to judge the earth to judge the dust not to use it as our, our I mean, and the judgment here doesn't is not a judgment of this is right or this is wrong mm-hmm. or, or this is functional and dysfunctional judgment here simply means asserting what god has said right. that's, a, that's a that's a judgment or bring or bring anything to god's perspective if it is actually outside of the perspective and if we are using the dust our bodies as the tool of discernment to determine what is functional and dysfunctional then basically what you're doing is using the subject that is supposed to line up to the judgment as the tool of the judgment as the tool of discernment for judgment that that that's 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 wrong side (laughs) to say the least so you said a while ago well quite a, a few minutes back that the mindset of the self-existence is the creator mindset and um linking that to what you're saying here you're saying we're driven mad by a living and identity codependency because instead of seeing things i'm just paraphrasing it in a different way to see um if it makes sense we're driven mad by with the identity codependency because instead of judging it or looking at it from creator lens we look at it from the we need it lens right instead of we create or we multiply yeah instead of we need it or you need this to do this for example the pandemic mm-hmm. this, this global pandemic when the stipulations were implemented people people were thrown into anxiety yeah why because the common logic was i need a job to live with the pandemic there was no more possibility of going to a job for some people and that right. actually caused anxiety that's me that actually means that you're using something that can be discerned by the five senses of the body to determine your your life to determine your existence determine your who you are and what and what you're what you're able to do to determine your security whereas the self-existent function in this case if it's not using the five senses as it is not depending on the five senses 
has the tool of discernment to determine what is functional and dysfunctional or what to do and to what not to do mm-hmm. functioning from the from the all sufficiency of your spirit of your breath in the creator perspective is this is actually no no longer accessible create create i love this create to generate to, to, to now generate income right that is living basic basically you're saying that is living by god's thought breathing to you yes ma'am not being a victim of the situation and even in the context of chaos for some of us we're actually living from the perspective of well this is actually in chaos and i can't fix it yes you can you can't fix it because you're using the the, the flesh the body as the external point of comparison mm-hmm. to be able to determine what to do the creator perspective is govern which means simple and to govern something is simple king solomon says something that is very interesting with regards to the self-existent he calls himself existently wise as a matter of fact his wisdom is actually the the the, the, the tree of life which is the self-existent which is the same breath of life he, co- he correlates it with that and so he says something he says the wise the wise son increases learning which means as a self-existent being you simply need to learn how father created this the mechanics that father created this with and once you actually increase your education and how it works you govern it you bring order to it by 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 bringing it into its proper function gotcha so we are approaching education um, and getting acquiring more on a particular field or area that is yeah. how you approach it in self-existence yes ma'am uh, now seeing that actually our time is almost up here so yes we would love to actually continue speaking on this so this is rebooting local perspective join us next wednesday at same time 5 ps est we are your host Fuego, the christ mentologist and i am lady katuria christ mentor all right this is rebooting local perspective the, the rebootable because perspective talk show on kingdom purpose tv and radio where we are putting new testament via the lens of the ancient hero perspective of the scriptures verified by a pragmatic and experimental research on the design cake to international institute of pneumatology through this knowledge here in particular we have seen many healed and we even have actually seen resurrection so find us on 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 on, on um on our youtube channel that as we as we heard in the interlude or come to www.internationalinstituteofpneumatology.com for the relevant links to access us. Boom! Push the p- we encourage you to push the power button on the hard drive of the spiritual and scriptural understanding and reboot the biblical perspective. Boom!